City Limits. Brought to us by the People's Committee for Melbourne every Wednesday at 9am. City Limits is Melbourne's only hour devoted to our urban environment. To transport and planning and housing issues. To privatisations and our utility services. To building and or maintaining a sense of community. 855 on the AM band, if we can hear it through the noise and find it through the smog. City City Limits. Limits. There we are. City Limits, first Wednesday of the month. Therefore, John McPherson's in the studio. Here I am, folks. Monthly here transport guru. Only once a month you're a transport guru, John. That's, right. that's it, monthly. <laughs> um, yes. And Gab Reed's over there pressing buttons for us. Gab, thanks for doing this because uh, Eugenia's away today. And Meg, Meg's coming back on the first Wednesday in July um, to this show. Oh, okay. Which is going to come on next week and say a few words, kind words about 3CR for the radio thought next week <laughs> as well. So uh, there you are. All the way from Tasmania. Tasmania, yes. Yes. Yeah, given, actually, I thought about that later. I thought, given she's not coming in because she's filling in for this job, what's she doing? Never mind. We we won't ask those questions. (laughs) Uh, That's just that. I'm Kevin Healy, by the way. It's a gig. What what do they call this modern way of working? A gig economy or something? I'd say say Meg's got the gig economy. Well, she's working at a legal centre, so they probably aren't ripping her off doing that. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, Or ripping off as much as other work. Are ripped off. I'm going to use a bit of paper to clean my glasses, which will make a beautiful noise for radio. There you are. It's great. Um, and I'm going to pour some tea. Do you want a cup of tea, Gap? No. No, John. No, no tea. The third no. cup is redundant. Oh, dear. There we are. have a couple of course, John, won't you? I'll have a cup of tea. Yes. Um, now, today, um, uh, there's a lot of things happening in transport to get on to, John. As <laughs> we you know, always say we that. always do that. We always are. That's the point. But before we get there, a few other things just sure, to, yeah. to yarn about. Yes, I pour yes. another cup of tea for myself. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Kevin. And uh, that's all right, John. Um, and I thought one of the better headlines of the week, uh, and it was, you know, the other papers had the mm. same, but the Herald Times always good for it. It covered the uh, 56 cent an hour rise for workers last week. The uh, mm-hmm. lower than low paid workers were given a, a 56 cent an hour increase, which is, you know, enormous. Yeah. Spectacular. Well, it's almost a cent a, cent a minute. I mean, think about oh, it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 it's getting okay. close. So, but anyway, um, but the headline next day in the in the financial pages of the Herald Sun, which are always worth reading, of course, <laughs> wage rise tough to cop, say employers. <laughs> <laughs> 56 oh, cents an hour. Oh, they can't afford it. Oh, dear. Oh, dear, it's awful. Yes, but, the, but their concern is, is altruistic, of at course. least. They're not thinking of themselves. No. They respect the independent decision, but a third straight increase well in excess of inflation will be difficult for businesses. And they say these increases will make it that much harder for more than 680,000 of our fellow Australians who are un- unemployed and a further 11 million underemployed to find a job or, um, or more hours of 11 work. million underemployed? Yeah, yeah. Ooh. Oh, no, sorry, 1.1 million. I misread that. There's a dot in the middle. <laughs> 1.1 1. <laughs> million. <laughs> Uh, okay. It did sound a bit extreme, didn't it? Because the, these are figures they, they sort of deny at other times of the year, but yeah, apparently yeah, yeah, workers yeah. get a wage rise. <laughs> they're, worth, they're worth mentioning. And what's Terry, what's Terry McCran got to say? Oh, I didn't, uh, Terry, uh, I didn't get on to him. Terry, yeah, yeah. Terry was in line with them, of course. Well, um, he would have yeah. been woe, woe, all is woe, I'm sure. Yes. Yeah, yeah, Terry. Well, Terry says we should do nothing about climate change because mm. Um, mm. because it's not we, we have no impact whatever anyway. That's right. Um, that's that's right. right. Yes. 
the rest of the world will just ignore the fact that we do nothing, of course. Yeah, that's right. right. They'll they'll leave us completely alone. Well, the Pacific Islands will stop sinking saying we don't need to sink because Australia's doing nothing. Well, that's right. Well, they're probably causing themselves to sink anyhow. They probably are. And anyway, um, the other other grand uh, Rupert Murdoch commentator... Mm. um, Andrew bolt through the head. Oh, yes, yes. He says those islands are actually in coming out of the sea. They're growing. Right, they're not right, there. Right, right. So the people who live on them don't really know what's going on. No, he's no. on the ball, that bloke. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's right. <laughs> From downtown Melbourne, he yeah. can tell. Send him out there. <laughs> send him out there to leave yeah. and send the others here. Um, well, yeah. A few weeks ago, speaking of industrial matters and 56 cents an hour, I mentioned that a mob called Noni B, which is some sort of fashion place, um, it, women there were, in fact, um, being, they were the complaints that women were, apart from the usual problems of employment, they were they could, didn't have time off, they didn't even have time to go to the toilet, and some women were getting all sorts of infections mm, and things mm. because, et cetera. Yep, yep. So it was quite an awful story about Noni B really, you know, exploiting workers to the hilt uh, and it clearly having not mm. enough staff to cover, and so therefore all that stuff. Well, there was a story this in the Financial Review in the last couple of days on, in mm-hmm. fact, Tuesday 4 June, which was yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ginger and Smart sells control to Noni B owner in play for growth. And um, upmarket fashion label Ginger and Smart, who I've never heard of, but anyway, that doesn't say much, does <laughs> it? Point, no, that's yeah. not saying a lot. Uh, <laughs> is aiming to boost sales three to five-fold after selling a majority interest to private equity-backed Alcyon retail group. And, go, and Noni B's just one of many of these fashion places they happen to own. All, these, all the names are here. But the whole story's talked about purely in terms of finances for, for both parties, etc., etc., uh, and there's no mention anywhere of the fact that this is a mob that totally exploit their workers, but there is talk about taking it over and what they can make out of it mm. and the interests of the owners um, as opposed to the interests of the workers being exploited, of course. Well, you know, they have limited limited time, Kevin. They can't be worried about every little thing. Well, it seems the workers have very limited time as well. They yes. can't, can't even go to the toilet. Um, so um, I just thought that was interesting the way they covered it and didn't mention anything about no. the problem of the workers there. No, no. Uh, another one that arose this week, a couple of couple of years ago, in fact, in January two years ago, 2017, the government gave or it provided a 200 million package mm-hmm. over four years for the Portland aluminium smelter. Right. And as we know, going back to when this was first um, developed, actually, there, were, yep. there was much controversy in mm. the community about the environmental impacts and all the concessions government were yep. making back at that time. I think huge, it was, huge. I got a feeling it might have been Bolty, or, I think it was Bolty, actually, but yeah. I'm not sure. The yeah, but anyway, it was certainly... A, huge subsidies. Yeah, yeah. huge subsidies. Yeah. Both, sides, both sides of politics were quite happy to Well, continue. they've had them ever since. We've mentioned on this program mm. that even though the SEC, State Electricity Commission, for yeah. young people who don't remember, uh, was privatised by Kennett, um, They've still had a, an entity called the SEC, mm-hmm. and its sole role is to subsidise Portland's electricity use, yep. which is about 10% of the total power in the state. And it's exacerbated by the fact that you know, billions was also spent of state money linking them to... Building a huge to Gippsland, line, yeah, yeah, to Gippsland's yeah. power sources. Mm-hmm. So you've got so much wastage and things and all that. Yep. But now they're complaining again that they, they need a fresh bailout. Right. And... Um, the state government is considering having to bail them out again because they lost money again last year. And they say the, the cost of electricity 
which they get heavily subsidised mm, for in the first place. We pay, we pay effectively with their electricity bill. The cost of electricity and alumina, which is their main, of course, if you're going to make aluminium, you've got to have alumina, yep. are so high they can't make money without the state having to come to help. Um, but the bloke, Ferraro, Alumina Limited is the company now, but it's Alcoa is the major one, and there's some other companies also involved. But, um, and you would think that Alcoa, being a major aluminium company around the world, would have access to Alumina anyway, its own alumini, one would think, but I'm not going to go into that, John. I mean, I well, no, you see, no. just for their own reasons, they might... Sell it to uh, sell it to themselves <laughs> at the world price, not not the world, not the price they can extract at oh, plus ten percent. Yeah. Oh right, and they wouldn't be using it for tax purposes, would they? Yeah. Oh, Kevin. No, I'm sorry, John. That, was, that slipped. That did slip out. <laughs> Mike Ferraro is the head of the company uh, here in Australia, and he said the Portland owners would rather not have to rely on government support, but that would be hard to achieve. So he really feels for us all that <laughs> taking our money. That's right. <laughs> But he's going to take it They'll anyway. They've been taking it for a very long time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's—I mean, I hate to say it, but it's really the Adani situation. You know, how many jobs do you subsidise at what rate for how long? I mean, you know, <laughs> I mean, you know, th- this basically has been the underpinnings of Portland for the last thirty. 30- Thirty or forty years. Well, the last the last handout was, and it was all. There was also a forty million federal handout at mm. the same time on top of ours. Yeah. Uh, was that they'd stay open until twenty twenty one? So it seems right. a lot of money for that. I mean, it, and right. what's this one all about? But um, yeah, so we look like we're going to have to pay even more for a mob whose mm. electricity bills we're already paying for. Well, of course, with the dollar going down, Australian exports get cheaper. Yes. So it's a, presumably an Australian export, so they've got quite a benefit out of that over the last couple of years. So. They have, John. Mm-mm. Yeah, but that isn't enough, obviously. Obviously, nothing's ever they, enough. Clearly. They'd love not to have to rely on us, but mm. they have to. Yeah, and that's yep, yep, sadly yep. how it is. Yep, yep. But there's all those jobs, 500 jobs. Uh, on, on, on similar matters, gas, we're told, we've been told, of oh, course, yes. all the time that gas um, prices worldwide are so high that we have to pay the world price mm-hmm. uh, here, even though the gas is coming from Bass Strait mostly at the moment, still in you know, local yep. sources. <coughs> That's right. And the complaints, of course, that state governments are, are tying them down and won't, won't open up, and therefore, um, yeah, if they had that gas, we could be cheaper. But if, if we've got to pay the highest world price anyway, mm. and they do open them up, and mm. we're still going to pay the high world price. Mm. I don't see how it's going to be cheaper, but you know, I, I just get a bit confused <laughs> no, about no, economics. I think, I think you're, you're quite right there. It's um, again, they're talking with a forked tongue, I suspect, unless they're prepared to uh, acknowledge that it might be a good idea to have an Australian gas price that's lower than the world price because we have so much gas, yeah, and, that, and, a, and a proportion of our gas should be reserved for domestic users, yes. which is what nearly every other co- comparable country does, by the way. Yes, that's yeah. right, that's right. But, and, uh, but apparently we are about to become the biggest exporter of LPG in the world. We're going to be bigger than Qatar. Aren't we lucky? Yeah, wonderful, absolutely. Yeah, great, yeah. yes, that's right. And But, um, but, but, but the, the process apparently will require the wrecking of what manufacturing's left in Australia. Yeah, mm. And Queensland in the last couple of days, I think, has just opened up, given permits for new gas which right. has been locked up so far. So they're oh, saying, okay. you know, the election's got them really panicking. They're yes, about proving yes, a Adani, yes. they're yeah. proving gas. But the, there's that there's an aphorism that what goes up must come down, John. <laughs> and, of course, what went up was the world prices, so our prices had to go up. Mm-hmm. But in the last several months, the world prices actually come down right. quite substantially, oh, quite substantially. Interesting. 
And for some reason, Rod Sims, who's head of the um, Consumer Competition and Consumer yeah, 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 Authority, yeah. he suggested to the gas companies that if the prices went up when the world price went down, our prices should come down mm. when they come down. Mm. But the industry has pointed out that that's, that's just not viable. Um, right. Unfortunately, right. what goes up doesn't come down no, in this case. No. Um, because uh, there's not enough competition to cause cause the price to come down. That wasn't their reason given, John. Really? No, no. Oh. Their reason was the high cost of production in Australia. <laughs> oh, in case you wanted to know the oh, answer. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we're pleased to know our gas oh, prices dear. aren't coming down. Oh, <laughs> but, but, and um, I think we've seen the, the ALP go to water since the election mm. loss. And in all sorts of areas, they're just giving up on all sorts. You know, what their policies next time are going to be dreadful, one assumes, because they're going to have I none. That's right, yes. And no yes. policy policy, no. Um, which is what Morrison won with, they've realised. <coughs> but anyway, um, Joel Fitzgibbon has just been appointed resources spokesperson. Well, he uh, goes to water faster than anybody he else. Always, yeah. he, well, he, he, of course, holds the <laughs> Hunter Valley seat. Yes. And uh, he was complaining after the election how we let the coal people down, etc. Mm-hmm. Well, he's become the new shadow minister. Yes, and he says, very simply, my first priority is to improve the the messaging and ensure that all stakeholders understand it is Labor's policy to mine and export coal, and it will remain Labor's policy to mine and export coal into the future and to remove any doubts people might have in their minds about that. He said more more gas fields need to be opened up to boost supplies and his confidence the local coal mining industry had decades of life in it. So there's an encouraging start. Well, he's right in the sense that they have got decades of life in them, but it should be production should be tapering. Yeah, yeah, leave it in the ground. But, but um, he's not—he's certainly not mentioning that part. But but then mm. I suspect he wants it to go full bore until the oh. end, of, end of time. Go go. Well, there's votes in it. Actually, the votes. trouble is the yeah. trouble is you've got to have somewhere to sell it, and yeah. the Indians the Indians are starting to wind back. They've realised that they can do much better with renewables. Mm. And, of course, their, their air pollution in their big cities, a lot of it from coal coal yeah. power production, yeah. is is as bad as China. And the Chinese-owned mine, which is actually bigger than Adani but less publicity, mm. has just declared it's not going to go ahead at the moment because mm. um, it can't get funding. And mm. even Chinese banks won't because uh, uh, banks, banks, banks around the world are just refusing yeah, now to yeah, finance yeah, coal, yeah. which is where Adani could still run into trouble, of course. Mm. Yes, you know, it's, yes. it's got an asset. Yes. Um, which it doesn't want to write off. Yes. But it's, it wants to hold. But whether it ever develops, it's another yes. question. It's, it, it hasn't really yet built that da- railway link. It really link. wants to dance on the edge. Yeah, it hasn't yet built yeah. that railway link. No. Even though Queensland's going to water and it's about to approve it. Like, the, the scientists came out after they approved the... Uh, the, the plan for the black-throated mm. thrush last mm. week and pointed out that what the plan means is it's going to become extinct. There's no yep. question of it. Um, and similarly, we're going to get the water one next week where they're going to use massive amounts of water yep. And, yep. And, yep. And, and, and pollute it. Yeah, and the um, uh, the railway, well, it's, they've still got to build 200 kilometres of new railway. To link up with Horizon, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, even at $5 million a kilometre, which isn't... isn't, um, oh. isn't all that generous a sum, that's a billion dollars. Yeah, a friend of mine who's yeah. an engineer speculated to me last week that they're, they're waiting for the government to come and rescue them while uh, they can build uh, the railway for uh, them, uh, which uh, might uh, well happen. And unfortunately, uh, there are other mines yeah. hovering, like pa- Clive Palmer's um, 
you know, he's Galilee Basin mine as well, and they'd just be waiting for the um, line to be built for them too. Yes. Yeah. Oh, of course they, yes, yeah. exactly. Now, there was a story, um, as Gab will know, in the, um, in the Saturday paper last week, the week after the election, um, taking care of business, it's called, with a, with a smiling, he's always smiling, Josh Frydenberg waving to the masses. Oh, good. Um, that it go, uh, just about how, you know, every important business person in Australia was applauding the government winning, uh, mm-hmm. etc. And uh, just it concludes by saying, but it's the coalition's politically stunning victory that has been met with elation in the big business community. And as Morrison won by campaigning against Labor and Bill Shorten rather than espousing much in the way of policy itself, there is now a gaping policy vacuum. This vacuum is likely to be filled with policy that favours large companies, those that is with the most money and the most lobbying muscle. Um, and I, I, And on top of that... There was a story in the Fin Review last Friday. Business lobbyist David Gazard was talking in his, on his mobile telephone in Canberra on Wednesday, pacing inside Parliament House just a few metres away from the blue carpets of the powerful ministerial wing. Uh, Gazard, a former Liberal adviser and confidant of Prime Minister Scott Morrison, will be in demand from corporate clients who want advice about and access to coalition government ministers. His professional stocks have risen significantly since the election upset. That points out that a lot of companies had, for, had already employed former Labor advisers, etc., <laughs> assuming Labor was going to win. And I reckon those people's positions are going to be a bit unstable at the moment. <clears throat> I think they'll be looking for another job. Um, but uh, it goes on about how the business is so thrilled. But it's interesting, this bloke David Gazard represents all these companies. He represents his lobbying firm ECG Advisory, already represents Buy Now, Pay Later Provider Afterpay, Oil Major BP, the Brewers Association of Australia, American Hedge Fund Oak Tree Capital, private equity firm TPG Capital and conglomerate West Farmers, which is Coles and Bunnings and all oh, that. Yes. Um, according to the Register of Government Lobbyists. Now, in terms of the influence on, um, you know, if, 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 say, a union boss had been standing next to Shorten all night at the thing, mm-hmm. they would have talked about, and in one, they would have talked about union bosses controlling Labor. The paragraph before that um, said, Gazard spent election night with Morrison in Sydney. So there's this bloke with all these business interests spending the night with the mm-hmm. newly... Um, elected Prime Minister. So I think we're going to see uh, some pretty nasty stuff over the next uh, uh, couple well, of it'll years. Well, s- it'll certainly be um, lower taxes of all kinds, I, I, yeah. I assume, would be top of the agenda. Do you want to top up there, John? No, I'm OK, thanks, okay, Kit. Right. Well, Gab doesn't want one. She doesn't want one at all. No. She just ignores her. Treats it with with utter contempt. Our hospitality gets burned. (laughs) (laughs) She's got a glass of wine. Oh, a glass of wine. Oh, it's a bit early, Gab. Mm. (laughs) I know know you start early here, Gab, but for God's sake, you know. I suppose it's about 11 o'clock in normal working time, you know. (laughs) Oh, she puts her wine in a tea bag. Yeah, that's clever, isn't it? (laughs) That is clever. She knows all the tricks. Oh, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. She's now, having trouble not laughing out loud here. <laughs> now, Peter Dutton, oh, Will's turned up. Hello, Will. <laughs> but Will was here earlier. He was here at breakfast. I went to get breakfast. Oh, but you should have had breakfast at breakfast. No, that, that's no. what breakfast is about. <laughs> Gab, thanks so much. 
take, take away your glass of wine and your bottle there and, <laughs> <laughs> and disappear. Will, thanks for moving in. Okay. Now, Peter Dutton has gone off to, he's, no, he's, I think he might be back by now, but he went off to Sri Lanka to tell them how, how much he's sending people back to them. And yeah, he, sent, yeah. he sent another boat back the other day. I mean, he, he, went, he went to the church where that terrible um, explosion took place the other day, or the killing, oh, yeah. killing I'm took sh- place. I'm sure he was very sympathetic. Um, yeah. And he was, um, well, he was, and he said it's terrible Christians being treated this way, people for their religion, etc. <laughs> Um, whereas if you're a Muslim, you get treated for your religion, apparently, went by him. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, you know, he's just sent another boat back, and, and they just turn them straight around, the turnaround policy, right. which, is, which is so dreadful. And most of them are going back to Sri Lanka, and most of them are people who are genuine refugees who have a country which you know, really persecutes people. Yeah. Um, and many of them will be Tamils, I assume. Uh, but then the Labor Party's come in. We just talked about the fact that Fitzgerald, or Fitzpatrick, or his name is that bloke, um, the Joel Fitz thing, the, the resource bloke. Oh, yeah, yeah Joel he, Fitz. He's just backflipped back completely on coal and gas yeah, and everything yeah, else. Yeah. But, but, but personally, he didn't do, do a backflip. He just, he just had to <laughs> shut up while the party was elect, <laughs> that's, that's electioneering. Yeah. yeah, okay. But Joel, a, Fitz, a, Joel Fitzgibbon. Joel about. Fitzgibbon, that's his name. Andrew Giles, who's um, now assistant to Keneally's immigration and that oh, yeah. whole department, um, he's come out and said he's distanced himself from his pre- his previous pushes to weaken Labor's border protection policies. Right, right. Yes, he, he put forward motions at ALP conference to treat refugees with a little bit of humanity, mm. little bit of humanity, mm. but that got knocked back by the ALP, despite the fact they still get claimed that they are soft on the whole bloody thing. But now he says he totally agrees with ALP policy and turning back boats, etc., etc. Right. Right. And Keneally's done the same thing. I mean, she yeah. was attacked by um, yes. Dutton for having said in the past that yeah. we should not turn boats back and treat yeah. people... Well, we should treat yeah. them with a little bit of humanity, not yeah. a lot, yeah. but a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Um, but now she also conforms to Labor policy, which is going to keep an eye on Pete. And, um, mm-hmm. and in fact, um, the he said... Um, um, Albanese said um, Labor... The party would advocate for secure borders without losing our humanity. Now, given their politics exactly the same as the, <laughs> the other mob, uh, where's the humanity come in? Can you, anyone explain that to me? Oh, well, um, <laughs> no, it's no. what they say, not what no they idea. do. Just no. nodding heads. Mm-hmm. Oh, dear They're backing me. the Medibank bill, aren't they? The, the Medibank yes, bill? Yes, Medibank bill, yeah. they, the government's going to repeal. Yeah. yeah, but Labor at least is... Still saying that they'll support it, they'll which still is support that, the very yeah. fine sliver of humanity that yeah, they pretend to yeah, have. Yeah, that's right. Yes, um, Dutton, in fact, in another article, Dutton urged Labor to abandon its support for so-called Medibank laws, which make it easier for sick asylum seekers being held offshore to seek medical transfers, uh, which again, you know, adding to the humanity of the whole thing. But um, we'll see what happens there. But um, yeah, Labor might stick by that one because they, in fact, put it up in the first place, didn't mm. they? Or was it the Greens put it up and they supported it? I can't recall. It was it. that independent senator who's since been kicked out in the seat of Waringa, oh, wasn't was it? it? Was um, it? Yeah. Oh, Karen Phelps. Oh, Karen, Karen Phelps. Phelps. Karen yes. Phelps, yeah, 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 yeah. She was lower house, but yeah, lower that's house, right. Sorry. Karen Phelps, you're right. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. And Labor just supported it. That's right. Um, anyway, Dutton's urged them to do that because he's still pursuing his, mm-hmm. his policy. Which brings me to another article in the Saturday paper last week. Um, and we'll, when we finish this job, we'll go on to transport, believe it or not. Here, here. Yeah, yeah, just, 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 uh, just <laughs> settle back. Um, this bloke, um, 
there's a, a family uh, who came here. They were in that terrible Christmas Island drowning incident that oh, yes. both capsized. Yes. And yes. the mother was killed and the father and uh, one of the little girl, the youngest daughter, apparently was sort of dead, but they, rec- they managed to revive her and they're still around. But they're one of those families which the government's taken all support from, taken away their Medicare card, they can't work, uh, they're getting no money, whatever. And so they've got these massive bills, and in this story, uh, these are Kurdish people, by the way, um, and they've been declared that they, um, for some reason, they've been declared not as refugees for some stupid reason, um, which the government comes up with. And they've got all these massive bills. They like, when the when this journalist went there, they were um, who's himself a um, he's a um, his name's Abdul Karim Hekmat, so he's, mm-hmm. he comes from maybe refugee or what himself, right. whatever. But he when he visited them, the electricity was off. The kids couldn't study, and yet one of the girls um, sh- has a certificate from Yekta School saying she is one of ten students out of three hundred selected for possessing an outstanding attitude to learning. But of course, mm. you know they they can't, um, and. Various refugee councils and, and groups supporting have been paying the rent and trying to help them, but it keeps growing. They got um, they got a plan to pay the electricity bill, but because he had no income, whatever, he couldn't even meet the plan. Mm. Um, and they're now in danger of losing their house. And so the story continues. Um, Raha and her siblings spent a second night in the dark bracing against the cold while life for their um, Leyland Lawler neighbours went on peacefully. On the third day, the family's electricity was reconnected. Sadala, the father, later told me he was not sure how long he could continue living like this before any of his children end up on the street. Um, But in the middle of the story, it points out that these are just one of... um, I guess one family home affairs has stopped payments too. It has also been suspended to about 1,200 others. According to a report last year by the Refugee Council of Australia, there are about 7,000 people around the country who will have their payment cut, including pregnant women, families with young children, who will then face a life of destitution and homelessness, there in quotes. Um, the re-election of the Scott Morrison government sent a shiver through this refugee and asylum seeker community who hoped their nightmare would end after the election. I am utterly saddened and don't know how to answer difficult questions from refugees who have already flooded me with questions about the translation of the results in their lives and future, says Shakufa Tahiri, a former Hazara refugee who works as a policy officer at the Refugee Council. So much hope and optimism were tied to this election. While the rest of us will go about our everyday lives, this result means absolute breaking of spine for thousands of refugees who have sought asylum since 2012-13. She says she has witnessed asylum seekers crumble into hopelessness, their hair grow grey, grown men cry, talk of ending it all and reach an absolute breaking point psychologically and physically. I mean, it's just dreadful, mm. isn't it? And that's the sort of thing Dutton and now the Labor Party are supporting. But, it, you know, when you think about the fact that we're treating people like that, it's just so yeah, bloody... Yeah. Um, and um, Dutton, Dutton is, persecutes people who arrive by boat, but apparently, you know, plenty of people arrive by plane, and uh, mm. um, you know, it's not. It just shows how arbitrary the whole yeah, thing yeah, is, really. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, the, the utter disgru- disregard yeah, for human yeah, life that yeah. they've decided the method of entry is the thing that we need yeah, to care about yeah, when yeah. we just need to care about people. Yeah, yeah. that's right. And yeah. you declare them illegal when they're not. Mm. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. And keep repeating that even though you know it's a lie. Yeah, yeah. 
That's terrific. Let's have a break and come back for some transport. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that, that'll cheer us up today. Shall we listen to a little bit of a song? Okay. There's a song. Oh, um, so a this song. is uh, a to help bit. raise funds for this year's Radiothon. Celine and Brendan from Refugee Radio uh, recorded a new EP of original songs um, called Imaginary Lines. This is one of those songs, A Letter from My Grandchildren. The song now fades away. I'll now fade in. Um, the, John Transport, I've got a few things here I want to talk about. Do you yes. have anything you wanted to raise specifically? Oh, morning? no, you go. Okay, go, right go, here. Go, go, um, well, the first one is, um, well, just as an example, um, a couple of Wednesday nights ago I went out to Newport on the train. I got it quartered at North Melbourne right, right. coming down from the outfield line um, to go out to Newport to the 50th celebration for Clary O'Shea, the former mm-hmm. tramway workers' yes, um, yes. arrest. And it was a very good night out there and in this powerhouse place near the station, right, an old right. powerhouse that's been turned well, into a community. And right. It's a very good access. One of those wonderful yeah. old substations. It's a, it's a, great, so, it's a yeah. great, great community facility out yeah, there. Yeah, they're glorious but, buildings. Yeah. Uh, what I want to raise with you is, uh, on the, uh, from, it, was a, it was in that pe- week when the... Power line collapsed on a Werribee train, mm. and people were stuck mm. in the train and didn't know whether to get on or off, or who yep. was going. You know yep. whether the power was running whether through, it was safe. Yep. Yep. Um, yep. which indicates a bit of a problem with the infrastructure. I would have Does thought. A bit, yeah. um, but a so lot, it, it might have coincided with that. But the train was so crowded, um, it was just impossible. And and mm. you know, every stop, people had to, all had to get off to let everyone yeah, else off, yeah. and you know, and the, so it was just a mess. Which slows um, the train down yeah, even more. And it might have mm. been just because of that. I'm not sure because mm. when I came home, there were running shuttles from uh-huh. back the other way. The train came in, and it was no, no, no not not taking passengers. Right, right. But nonetheless, um, it does show an infrastructure problem, doesn't it, yeah, in the whole well, system? I, well, out in that area, they seem to have continual failures of the infrastructure of signalling, the overhead wiring, the points, the track track work, you know, the track fails. Um, it seems to be almost every couple of weeks that something goes on in that area. Um, I, my impression is about once a week there's a major um, infrastructure breakdown somewhere in the system, you know, Usually in peak hour, for some reason, it nearly mm. always seems to happen in the evening peak. I suppose things get a bit stressed all day, and then by the evening peak, they're ready to, to fail, and fail they do. Um, There's a lot of money swimming around, though. Oh, yeah, like? yeah. But the money does not mm. seem to get spent on the basic basic maintenance, the basic keeping everything in good condition. It mm. gets spent, spent on a project. They can put a big yellow hard hat on and have That's a photo right. taken off That's you right. with That's a right. shovel next to yes. the new tunnel. Oh, That's they, right. love, they love the big projects. So, yeah. so we're getting to the stage where we've got all these fancy projects happening, mm. but the track connecting between the fancy projects <laughs> will be in the same semi-decrepit mm. state yeah. it's been for forever. Well, there yeah. was money in the state budget for... Uh, public transport. But oh, again, yeah. most of it was on the, what you're talking about. Oh, uh, no. There were some new trams, we yeah, that sort yeah, of thing, which come yeah. on service. But, but most of that. But even then, um, I did a bit of a calculation. If you look at roads versus public transport, uh-huh. yet again, yeah. it was about six times the spending on uh-huh. roads than on public transport. Uh-huh. Although the budget doesn't include the metro system at the moment, but it also doesn't include the north, the the Westgate Tunnel project. No, so they'd no. balance out somewhere. I mean, well, yeah, um, whatever. The 16, not 16 billion, I can't be getting that number right, for the northeast link. 
Yes, yes, that's correct. 16 billion. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. But that, that hasn't started yet. No, it's the amount just, just in the yeah. planning stage. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They're, taking, um, they're taking submissions for their environmental impact if, if folks want to <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> reach out about that. I, um, uh, yeah, I'm afraid I'm getting rather cynical about any whatever influence so yeah. you can have. But the guy from the mm. northeast link, in all seriousness, said, said on 3, 3LO the other day, Oh yes, we like to get these these submissions because they do help us refine the project to make it even better. <laughs> think they'll have more eco tunnels. Is that what they'll do? Those beautiful looking. Have you seen the video with the um those little bridges oh, full right. of trees? Oh, okay. It definitely won't become the most depressing place down at Warrigal. Well, they're, no, they're, they're, they're for the animals. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, if they're for people, people, people as well. Yeah. Yeah. They put up signs saying "animals this way." Yes, that's right. <laughs> and they go under there. They know, they know to go right. under. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. but, uh, yeah, that's that's yes. going to widen the Eastern Freeway enormously. Enormously, and, um, it's going to be. I think yeah. it's close to twenty lanes wide. Twenty-four, I think. I, yeah. I heard twenty-four yeah. from Friends yeah. of the Earth. But twenty-four. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I think it's twenty-four, and it's uh, it's going at to the be, moment. It's um, probably ten at the most at the widest point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that's going to. Well, it means more of the. That obviously means more of the Mullum Mullum and. Um, and what's the other one called? The creek there, um, that one. Yeah, that one. Kunung Mullum, Kunung Mullum, Kunung Creek. It'll be in irrelevance at some point because they'll all be underground. Well, they'll have a problem out near Ringwood because they've only got three lanes in each direction through the tunnels. You know, mm. won't be enough. Yeah, mm. they'll have to they'll have to dig yeah. some more tunnels. Well, yeah. the Kunung, of course, they they were those beautiful old trees down behind. Um, Yep. where Nina Scott used to live. That's right. Yeah. Um, they, which was our headquarters at the time. Mm, but they, mm. you know, they bulldozed, they knocked those beautiful trees over. I remember Howard Tankey standing in front of him with tears in his eyes watching yep, it happen. Yep, yep. He was one of the campaigners, obviously. Um, and yet, and then they, they redirected the creek mm-hmm. uh, and concreted it. And when it was completed, Vic Road said they'd enhanced the quality of the creek valley. They smacked a freeway through the centre of it. Mm. Mm. Which is pretty mm. good. I mean, the, the euphemisms are incredible. Delusions, I think. Yeah, delusions. Yeah, delusory. Yeah. Anyway, that's uh, that's well, happening. Well, they seem to have. They seem to now not not even worry about the issue of uh, ro- noise from the freeways either. That's not an issue. They put up their barricades almost automatically, but they only reduce the noise by a certain amount. But um, beyond that, they don't mm. seem to give a stuff. Well, they still work on 65 yeah, dBA, don't yeah, they, yeah. which is extraordinarily high. And uh, and if it's just an extension of an existing freeway, they argue, this is they make the decisions, they argue we don't have to bring it down to the level in the 50s that, that applies to new construction because we're just, we're just enhancing a, a current road. Mm. Can you put that sound level in context? Like what does 65 dBA yeah, sound it's, it's like? Yeah, it's, it's an exponential... Thing. So the the World oh. Health the World Health Organization recommends fifty as yeah. being what people should get from traffic. Right. Yeah. Sixty five, therefore, exponentially is is several times higher. Mm. It's not just you yeah. know. 50, it's you know, easily it's, it's more than double. It, yeah. And you know, sixty five to sixty eight, um, which some places you know is also you're, you're rising. So mm. with their heavy increases, when they go up, it goes up mm. substantially. So if I were to compare it to my like if I had a living room on Hoddle Street, for example. Oh, Huddle Street. Um, Pretty loud down there. Yeah, it is. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah you'd yeah. be getting close to the sixty time, particularly yeah. particularly areas where there's heavy heavy yes. vehicles, trucks, yep. and things. I mean, they they mm. really cop. And because there's it, issues with night. In some ways, night noise is more yeah. obtrusive than day noise because you know 
you expect the, things to be quieter. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, and they they don't they don't seem to particularly worry about that either. Yeah. Um, and yet in Europe they take the you know they take the night noise thing very seriously. Here they seem to have basically just resisted all opposition, and they've got to the point where people don't complain mm. anymore. Mm. And of course, the other factor is what comes out of the exhaust pipes. So yes, you've got so yes. you're living next door, getting that noise, and you're also getting all that massive pollution. Yes, yes, particularly but, on a road yeah. that is carrying heavy heavy traffic, which of course is nearly always diesel. There was a, there and was we a, have very very bad. Yeah, um, well, that diesels, of course, are the worst of all. Yeah, we have very we know, ba- very and, uh, bad bad um, and most rules on the amount of diesel pollution you can. Eat. Yeah, and many most freeways are designed really for freight traffic, and that's mm. diesel. So, well, and, we're, we're told that's what they're designed for. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. That's right. So we need twenty four lanes on the eastern freeway yeah, for, for yeah. Uh, freight. <laughs> there was a study from Sweden some years ago now. Yeah. That's so it's probably worse now. But they, it said anyone who lives within three hundred metres yes. of a main, main road, road will have X number of years taken off their life yep. because yep. of the pollution. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. well, in the inner city of Melbourne, we're yeah. it. Yeah, well, yeah. Yep. 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 Um, and, uh, but the state budget did have a, a fair bit of stuff. One was, in, one was um, work on the Sunbury line. John, you know much about yeah, that? Yeah, um, it's to do with this high-capacity train um, project that's, that they're going to upgrade the the tracks and um, the signalling and the size of the trains on the lines, the Pakenham and the um, Cranbourne line down in the southeast because they regard them as the lines where the patronage is growing the absolute fastest. And the other line that they're saying patronage, patronage is growing very fast is actually the Sunbury line out to the north northwest. So the idea is that those trains will run one run from one side of the city to the other through the new Melbourne Metro mm. Metro Tunnel, uh, and that'll that'll boost the capacity of those lines considerably. And apparently, they need need boosting. But it'd be nice to see whether they actually improve the off-peak services at the same time, <laughs> because mm. we're so so bad in Melbourne at um, not not improving the overall service, just improving the, the peak hour services and leaving the off-peak. At a lower level, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, and it still goes on. Well, on that, Dan, I might be the same now. I think, but the Frankston line, it is every ten minutes, yes, you yes, know, yes. all day, every day, yes. including Sunday. So yeah, yeah, that's that's a much better service. Yes, than it, used it to be. is. But they haven't they haven't spread that across the whole system. No, we I know that. <laughs> no, I live on the upfield. Yeah. Yeah. we get waits of twenty. You get your twenty minutes minutes service yeah. all the time, folks. Yep. Never, yep. never gets better. As I keep saying, Will, yeah. I live on the upfield line, and we yeah. uh, we're yeah. the only line in Melbourne that runs on holiday timetable every day of the year. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> True. So that, that so there are, there are weirdnesses all over the place, and the other thing too that it, it strikes me as ridiculous is in this day and age is that the evening services start tapering off to a lower level. Very early in the evening, you know, they should be going at, at the same as the daytime mm. services up until eleven o'clock at least. Yeah, we go into half hour from about seven thirty or you so. Well, there you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and so you've really got to time it at that time of night if you want yeah, to go to train. Yeah, yeah. Um, the another thing that um, came up in the budget was um, twenty five more um, roads and crossings listed on the mm-hmm. level crossing program, which. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. You know, is is both good and bad. I mean, it's good because it's it's good because it's happening. But, yeah, but yeah. secondly, it's more a 
a road thing than I always argue. It's more a road yeah, thing than a public yeah. transport thing, yeah, but it's it is, seen yeah. as a public transport budget. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's um, the government, I think, would be thrilled with the response they've got from their um, removing the level crossings. I think yeah. that was they got back into power with their nearly landslide um, majority. I think because of because of that, because they were seen seen as a can do a can do government. Mm. And of course, you know, public transport does get some benefits out of, out of the, the crossing removal. Um, you get some new stations, and it turns out people have discovered they quite like their sky their sky rail stations. You know, the new new stations up in the air. We had to come to that, John. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, quite we, we raised it last week, but it's, yeah. it's 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 actually a positive news on yeah. city limits, which yeah. is. A bit, of, a bit embarrassing. People but, living, um, people living near the railway are saying, "Well, no, the noise is no worse with the train up in the air, and we've got some benefits. Like yeah, it's right. easy to get to the station because you, the line isn't blocking the um, blocking the access from the neighbourhood." Well, the Murdoch media, of course, ran the campaign and whipped oh, people yeah. up about it, and they, they even had you're going to have pedophiles staring into people's backyards. That's right, I mean, <laughs> from the train. <laughs> My word, that'd be. Pretty exciting. Um, anyway. It takes a Murdoch paper of imagination to come <laughs> up right. with that one. Only they could come up with that one. Yeah. But, of course, we did say at the time when we had John Stone in here from Melbourne Uni uh-huh. talking about the fact that the you open up the the, the, yes. uh, the ground beneath yes. the line to for all sorts of things, including modal mm. interchanges, mm. but all parks. Mm. And, well, they, 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 there was a story in The Age a couple of weeks ago, John, that made that point you just made, that um, the people now... Um, Residents say Skyrail has increased quality of life and added to the vibrancy of communities. And realtors say fears of a property <coughs> price plunge have been assuaged. Well, that's the good bit, of yes, course. We yeah. oh, want them to that's suffer. Very um, but um, they say uh, one woman said um, she moved out of her home in the shadows to neighbouring Ormon because she feared antisocial behaviour would flourish in the area underneath the bridge, making it unsafe for her kids. But she's changed her tune and regularly uses the walking path mm. and playground with her family. I'm mm. quite active mm. in attending anti-Skyrail meetings and protesting. I thought it had the potential to bring homeless people and crime in the area under the bridge and, as he turns over the page, make the people place unsafe. But now walking through the area, it feels safer. It's brought people together yep. and become a place for people to socialise. And there's lots of similar stories. Well, you get something equivalent to a sort of almost a plaza underneath the area, under the station, you know, um, where people can walk in from more angles and you can walk through it. And so not only the cars get some benefit out of losing the level crossing, the, the pedestrians and bike bike riders do as well. Why do we think it's been such a success? Because, I mean, it's sort of public land, but it's hidden from the sun, and so it shouldn't be all that pleasant to hang out in. But mm. that's not the case, it seems. No, well, I guess partly it's our climate's getting hotter and hotter. Yes. So maybe in summer <laughs> yeah. it is a, it is oh. a benefit. But I think it's just the, the sort of plaza-like feel of it. Oh. You, know? you come in and then you go up up oh. on escalators to the station, whereas a, a ground, ground level station is, oh. is quite a barrier. It is. Um, and even if you've got a, a tunnel under the rail line, it's not... Not all that pleasant. Mm. And speaking of under, antisocial behaviour, those tunnels, yeah, yeah. that's a whole other story, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Well, in this so, it, so it is, it is, ironically, it is more open. Yeah. 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 Well, one woman says um, the open spaces, including playgrounds, bike paths and grassy areas, have been embraced by families and um, you meet meeting place with a really nice atmosphere. The kids play basketball and ping pong in the new playground underneath it. It's really busy. There's always lots of kids down there. I've seen no trouble at all in those areas. Wow. Yeah. Who plays yeah. ping pong? 
Yeah, well, it says ping pong. I don't know. Ping pong. All right. Okay. Who drags the table? Perhaps I mean shuttle. Perhaps I mean yeah. shuttlecock. <laughs> All right. But um, yeah, so that's that's a positive. And I mean, it, yeah, yeah. It, the Herald Sun, I think, it slowed down a bit on attacking. Sky, I think right? so. Yeah. yeah. There, there's been a proposal, by the way, John. Yeah. I might have mentioned mm-hmm. it today. We interviewed um, um, Tim Reid, the member for Brunswick. The oh yeah. Member. Mm-hmm. But there, you know, one of the, there was a public meeting a couple of weeks ago um, about. Moreland Station, where people are complaining that the the authorities say they have to take they have to knock down some of those trees mm-hmm. in the oh, gar- yes, in yes. the in the park this outside Moreland on the western side. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, this is this is different to up at the uh, cemetery up at um, no, Falkland. No, yeah, no, same problem. At yeah, Faulkner, but yeah. they they and people are saying well, we want to preserve the trees. But one mm. suggestion is um, seeing you're going to put the thing there at that at Moreland Road. And there's all that space the other side of Moreland Road where the bike path goes down and the tramways mm-hmm. over there. Why not move the station and just leave the station there as a heritage building and put the actual station the other side of Moreland Road uh-huh. and avoid having to knock down trees and things? And I think it's not a bad idea, but uh-huh. what, thoughts on that? Um, I, I can't quite visualise it, visualize yeah. it, but if the locals don't feel... The station to be less accessible or anything like that. No, I can't no, see why. I mean, no. it's just moving it from one side of the road to the yeah, other. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, is the intention to to elevate the the line? At I that think point? it is at this yeah. stage. Yeah. There's debate whether it should go up or down, but yeah, yeah it's yeah. probably be up. Well, there's, of course, you could situate the station so it sort of straddled the road, and so you could have ac- access from both sides of the road to to the station, which mm. would be be good if it was possible. Yeah. Uh, things like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah so we'll, we'll see what happens there, but that's yeah, just, yeah. just one of them. By the yeah. way, the, the first driverless train was run in Sydney. Oh, yes, week. yes, that they've opened up their yeah. new northwestern that's right, me- metro, the, yes. That's right, so um, yes. that seems to be well, yes, what no, will yes, happen yes. next, so to speak. That's right. <laughs> but anyway. Well, they, 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 they're, uh, the Liberal government's thrilled to have got rid of the... Awful train drivers they don't have to employ now. No, that's right. Yeah. They they got rid of the train drivers. They're going to build more of these actually. Yes, and, um, yes, yes. And they're going to and people are quite excited about it. But it does sound like it's a good project. You know, it, it's, it, it means like people are, users are saying they had to get three buses or something. Mm. Now they can just go and catch the train. Yes. So yeah. This, does, there's still the question whether whether it needed to be built as a, a metro. It's quite a long. It's quite a long line. And yet, it's been set up as as if it was the Paris Underground or something like that. You know, the trains themselves. Yeah, it's Rouse Hill to Chatswood. Yeah, it's a long yeah. way, and the trains the trains have been designed more for standing than for sitting, which I thought I find a bit bizarre considering it's such a long long line. Um, but they they're trying to just use single deck trains. They're saying they're superior to the double deck trains Sydney's used for fifty years on mm. their on their network. Uh, so uh, I, I, I find some of the decisions they made a bit bizarre. Well, what's the argument there? Well, they say, oh, the double-deckers take a long time to load and unload. Uh, and and they, they, do have, they do have some issues with that, but I think the issues are more to do with the old stations they've got in the city which have got narrow platforms mm. because the stations um, go back to the 1920s when there wasn't when they did, weren't planning for the volumes of passengers. Right. But the big double-decker trains they've got, of course, have got lots of seats. Mm. So they are comfortable for a longer trip. And mm. certainly they're more comfortable than our suburban trains, I'd, I'd suggest. Um, um, so 
yeah, they've gone from one extreme in a way to the other. I think with these metro trains, they really are more like a like an underground train you'd get in Paris or London mm. or somewhere like that. Yeah, okay. You know much about the um, the tram in Canberra? Uh, yes, well, it's, that's right. It's the uh, light rail. It's, yeah, it's under the light rails. Um, uh, has it quite opened yet? It's uh, there's one line that's running. Y- yes, at the moment, it has opened in the last few weeks. Hasn't from the centre of the city to right. Belconnen, so that's up in the north. No, not, not Belconnen. No, Gungarland. Gungarland. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's opened. Um, okay, it's um, apparently, according to the yeah. uh, uh, government, local government there, it's already been a success. Yes. Okay. So I lots love, of buses that yeah. used to head in, go to the city now feed into feed into the, mm. the light rail. Yeah. I just love hearing about people's sort of um, approach to the light rail and having to learn how to deal with it culturally. Like, <laughs> um, we've decided that we won't eat or talk on them. Um, up in Canberra, mm-hmm. and it's just so distinct from my experience of trams here in Melbourne, mm. where um, you know, rather than questions of eating and drinking on the trams, is it okay to smoke and <laughs> or <laughs> urinate? I don't know. Oh, um, oh, yeah. Yeah. So quaint. a bit prim, a bit prim in Canberra. Maybe that's it. Yeah, it's just <laughs> a different character. Yeah. Well, well like, apparently it's turning out to be a success. Yeah, and they mm-hmm. want to build another line down to the south, down to Woden, mm. and um, much debate there. And I think I think the federal government, being a, a liberal government, isn't. Well, I don't think they really need it. Maybe you know the usual yeah. usual thing. Yeah. Well, they're pretty keen to make themselves seem different over there in the ACT. Well, the ACT government was boasting that it it came in on time or came in before time and on budget, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which is for these things is so it's rare. Very unusual. Yeah. So uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, they were. Yeah, well, it's a it. it's a green Labor Green government in the ACT, so they've, they've ah, been very good on solar power yeah. and that sort of thing too. Mm. Extremely good. Okay. Yeah. Now we know the Herald Sun's always had a neutral position on the East West Link, <laughs> uh, and uh, it uh, two day took them two days after the election, or three days out. You know, two days Tuesday, yeah, May twenty one. The election was eighteen. Right. Front page, just build it. There you are. Just build just it. build it. We yeah, only get forty forty five. What does it mean? What does that what does that headline I can't well, it, I can't pass it. Transport and construction leaders that's the kicker up here, so you couldn't see that. Transport <laughs> and construction leaders urge Premier to back East West Link, saying just build it. But basically basically what it does, if you if you even if you take a deep breath and step back just half a step and look at it, it's actually going to connect one congested freeway to another congested freeway. Because the eastern freeway is very congested in peaks, and the and the bottom end of the Tullamarine is very congested in peaks. So this is going to be a link from one congested freeway mm. to another. So you sit in the middle. Yeah. So <laughs> so it's just going to move you along maybe a bit, and you'll still have just as much cre- creeping along time as you have now. Mm. So yeah. it's so we'll so, end up with some sort of a linear human warehouse. Yeah, yeah. Just to store yeah, it's another it's another version of the lemming yeah. lemming commuter by gotcha. car, but one 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 person to the car. But these people are so self righteous; they have their rights. But the transport and oh. construction leaders are, in fact, a, a very a very representative body of transport oh, experts. Absolutely. And they are the, the the people. A powerful alliance of transport and industry groups has urged Premier Daniel Andrews, oh. pejorative, pejorative, to find a way to add the issue, etc. But the the groups, these these transport, these powerful transport lobby groups are the Master Builders Association, <laughs> um, the RACV, and the Australian Industry Group. Now, there's a representative group of mm. transport activists, John. Mm. You see, something that we probably forget 
when we look at these tollways, toll roads, is that a lot of people who do a lot of driving are in a company car and their tolls get paid for by the, by the organisation they work for. So they don't get affected by the fact that toll roads cost and that probably the North East Link is going to have to cost possibly $20 a trip. Mm-hmm. Uh, when that's when that's finished, because it's going to be so expensive. Yeah, and indeed, and so I mean, the east and the east west is in the same same group. So these people are really, really again saying, we don't give a stuff about anybody else. We want to drive. Yeah, yeah. and of course, when it was first, uh, and they, and they uh, won't get affected yeah. even by putting a decent sized toll on. No, but it, but it also didn't add up financially from the first place. I mean, it, no, it's forty five cents. It was, in yeah, forty five cents. Every dollar spent on. The, the thing would only re- returns 45 cents in benefits. Hmm. You know, that's going nowhere even just co- covering the cost. And you would expect with a, with a, from a cost-benefit analysis that it would be at least one and a half, two times over the, over the cost in benefits. But this one, no way, Jose. Yeah. The Liberal government, before it got knocked off, of mm. course, it, it, it managed to yeah. to massage it into a figure of 140 to the dollar or yeah, something, yeah, but the, yeah. the actual figure in the original report yeah. was 45 or 50 That's cents. That's right. That was, that, was, that was burying the cost yeah. of the East-West in a larger, as a larger project. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, you know, if, if the, the, the problems are at peak hours and the problems are with getting people to the city. So, you know, what's the best way to get people to the city to work? Public think. transport. Oh, <laughs> right. Never thought yeah. of that one. Magic. PT. Too hard. Yeah. Yeah. We're getting to the end next week. By the way, John, we're going to talk to you on the phone next week because it's radio. Oh, you are. We're going to get you, you yeah. to. We're going to get you one to tell us You're how wonderful twist we are. My arm my and we're back. going to take yep. money off you as well. That's yep. right. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, so there you have it. Next oh, week, all right, Kev. <laughs> next week is Radiothon. Eugenia will be back, uh-huh. which must be Will must feel really relieved about that. But then he won't feel <laughs> that relieved. The phones in the next room taking all the calls. Oh, that's right. Because <laughs> yeah. before before that, he's going to do his own brekkie show, and <laughs> they have the hardest gig of all. I think the brekkie ah. shows because uh, anyway. It'd be easier if we had more public transport, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's true, but (laughs) it's not easy, though. (laughs) All right, look, thanks, Will, for helping us. John, thanks for coming. Okay, Uh, cheers, Next week, um, Radiothon. So, people, get your purses out. Get them, get everything out. Yeah, yeah. check out those pockets. We have to get over, we have to get 2,000-something, so, Mm -hmm. yeah. So, yeah, that's right. So, start saving now. No, don't start saving now. Start sending checks now. That's right. 3cr.org.au slash donate. That's it. (laughs) Bang. (laughs) Okay, next week. Bye.